Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, we are heading towards Liverpool versus West Ham at the London Stadium on Sunday. And this is set to be a very, very tough game, I think, for both teams. For West Ham, they've started the season very, very well. They currently sit fourth in the table. They only have two defeats, and both of those defeats, they were quite unlucky. They missed a last-minute penalty in their 2-1 defeat against Manchester United. And Brentford scored very, very late to secure a 2-1 win. That was also at the London Stadium. They have beaten Newcastle, Leicester, Leeds, Everton, Tottenham and Aston Villa this season. And while you could make the case that they would be expected to beat most of those teams, the manner in which they're playing and the style of football is actually very impressive. And this is no fluke because last season they were very impressive as well. Last season they finished sixth only two points off the Champions League spots. And with a bit more luck and maybe a bit more squad depth, they could very easily have found themselves playing in the Champions League this season rather than the Europa League. In the Europa League, they've played four games so far. They've won three and drawn one. They are top of their group. They are looking a really good bet to qualify for the knockout stages. And they are still going in the EFL Cup as well. They knocked out Manchester United and Manchester City. And their reward for that is a quarterfinal tie away to Tottenham. So on all fronts, West Ham playing very well. And they have a good squad, a good group of players. You'd go through their squad and maybe say three or four players they'd need to bring in to have a squad capable of sustaining this season after season. They've got two good right-backs, three good centre-backs. They could maybe do one more there. They've got a decent left-back, but they could really do with an upgrade and have Cresswell be the backup. They've got good goalkeepers. Ariola, I think, is the best of them, though Fabianski is first choice at the moment. They've got Rice and Suchek in midfield, who are outstanding together. Alex Kral, who they brought in in the summer, on loan with an option to buy. Another very talented midfielder. And someone I think they will keep long term. They could do with adding a fourth midfielder there. Because Mark Noble is at the moment the fourth midfielder. And with respect, he's just not the player he was. And he's no longer a positive impact player. They play the 4-2-3-1. And in that three, it's generally Jared Bowen, Saeed Benrama and Pablo Fornals. With depth options of Yarmolenko, Lanzini and Vlasic. So, six good options, really. Yarmolenko and Lanzini really seem to have bought in to being squad options for Moyes, and they've impressed when called upon this season. And Mikel Antonio is their striker, and they could do with somebody there as a as a backup to him, a, you know, a good alternative. When he's out, they tend to use either Bowen or Yarmolenko in that role. And while both are good players, they're not really suited to that type of type of role, and West Ham have to alter how they play ever so slightly. So 
I mean, really, to have a strong 22, you're looking at a backup centre-back, a backup midfielder, a backup striker, and a starting left-back. That's not a whole lot. It's something they could probably do next summer. Things are looking up for West Ham. David Moyes has done a really, really good job. Since the end of the first lockdown, when football came back, they lost their first two games in a row and then put together a good seven-game run to finish out that season and survive. Then, obviously, last season they did really well, and this season is going very, very well as well. We know Moyes. He's been around a long time. He was at Everton for 11 years. He didn't win anything, but he always kept them somewhat competitive. They had a couple of bad seasons, but you know he overachieved with the money he had available to him a lot of seasons. Uh, his time at Manchester United was a disaster. Everybody's aware of that. He did okay initially at Real Sociedad, and then it kind of fell apart. Sunderland was a disaster. He had, he had a four-year run that encompassed three jobs that all went poorly for him. I think taking the Sociedad job was a bad decision. I think he took it too quickly after the United thing went wrong. And the Sunderland job was just a bad job to walk into at the time anyway. But he took over West Ham as an interim manager the first time and did well. Then they binned him off. Then they brought him back. And without sugarcoating it, the first three months up until the lockdown were a shambles. And they they looked nailed on to go down. But since that, he's just done a really good job. It's like he figured something out or he remembered who he used to be. And he has them playing really, really well. This is a good West Ham team. And it's a team that could cause us problems because Antonio is a really unique attacker. The midfield are really hardworking and really talented. There are five out of possession. But when they get possession, they very quickly spring into a front four with Bowen, Fornals and Benrama joining Antonio. The fullbacks get forward, be it Sufal or Johnson at right back and Cresswell at left back. They will get forward. They will support the attack. Rice has improved as a passer and as a ball carrier this season. Suchek, I think, is probably the most underrated player in the league. Defensively, he reminds me a lot of Nemanja Matic. Positioning's very good. He reads the game well. He's an intelligent player. He keeps his passing simple. And he's a goal threat set pieces. And even if he's not the one who gets the goal, he can often occupy multiple defenders, which creates a free man somewhere else. This is a team we have to respect. This is going to be a big test for Liverpool. Now, obviously, we've started the season really well. We're unbeaten in all competitions, going well. Everywhere qualified from our group as group winners in the Champions League, second in the Premier League, through to the quarterfinals of the League Cup as well. So we have reason to believe we can go into this game and win it. We have the better team, there's no doubt. I don't think you'd pick a single one of their players in our team. I, as much as I like Suchek, I don't think he'd fit playing in a midfield three unless he was playing the Fabinho role and he's not as good as Fabinho. I like Rice, but he's not getting in our midfield. You'd take some of them as squad players, but that's about it. And obviously Kloppo is a significantly better manager than Moyes. Moyes is a great upper mid-table manager. If you want someone on a budget to keep you in that top half, challenge for Europe, 
every so often go above and beyond that. That's David Moyes. He's not going to win you a league title, but he will overachieve with a mid-sized club. Now, Jurgen will have questions to answer in this game with regards to team selection. What does he go with? Now, my assumption would be the same back four that played Madrid will start. Trent, Matip, Virgil and Costas. But he could well bring Andy Robertson back in. But I thought Costas played well the other night. Not as good as he was earlier in the season, but still a good game. I think he looks very comfortable in the team. I think he's got enough pace to deal with Bowen. He's obviously very good going forward and offers us a great outlet and he's a good crosser of the ball. Up front, there's no Bobby Firmino, so you would have to assume that it's Salah, Jota and Mane. But would it surprise you if Klopp started Divock Origi? Because it wouldn't surprise me. And then in midfield, you'd assume Fabinho starts. But the other two positions are questionable. Henderson's played a lot of football of late. And as Simon Brundish pointed out on a recent under pressure, his chronic load is quite high. It's at a point where normally he gets hurt. Seven or eight out of the last nine times that he's hit this level of chronic load, he's gotten injured. So do they look to manage him, knowing that he's going to go away with England and he may well play? That remains to be seen. Oxlade-Chamberlain had his best game in, in a couple of years when you factor in the level of opposition, maybe his best, ga- best game since before the knee injury. He looked really purposeful, really aggressive, carrying the ball, driving at the Atletico midfield. His pressing was very good. He looked like pre-injury Ox. And that's a good player. His issue since then has always been Klopp not giving him enough games, never giving him a run of games in the team. But now he's had three pretty much full games because he came on so early against Brighton. He played against Preston. He played against Atleti. And he went off against Atleti, obviously, with a bit of a knock. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Klopp did say after it wasn't anything serious. It might just have been... A bit of tightness, a bit of muscle fatigue, something like that. He does now have the option of bringing back Thiago. He start, he, he came on against Atleti and, and played well. So he does have four good options here. Uh, Milner's out, Naby's out, Harvey's out. Curtis remains to be seen. Uh, Klopp said he needed to lie down for a week. I'm not really sure what that meant, but... Um, it remains to be seen whether or not he'll be available for this game. The hope would be that he is, because it would be nice to have five midfielders. If he's not, I would assume Tyler Morton makes the bench again. But this will be a really good game. This will be a really big test as well, because we've played Chelsea. That was a weird game that you couldn't really take a lot from because of the sending off and how uber defensive they were in the second half. But it's fair to say we didn't play close to our capacity. We played City. And they wiped the floor with us for most of the first half, if not all of the first half. Then Salah had two incredible moments of genius. And then we threw away the lead. So disappointment in that game for a number of reasons. 
And these are the other team in the top four. These are the guys who thus far this season have shown themselves to be the best of the rest. Everybody knows there are three teams who can win the title and then there's the rest. There's Liverpool, there's Chelsea, there's City and then there's everybody else. And that other group who will fight for that fourth spot and the Champions League qualification is Manchester United, Tottenham and Leicester along with West Ham. They were the four we were looking at before the season as these are the clubs who could get fourth. United obviously were a strong favourite, but being managed by a PE teacher makes that quite difficult. Now, Arsenal have very much put themselves in the mix, but I think that's a bit fugazi. I think when you look at the actual performances in those games in their recent seven match unbeaten run in the Premier League, I think it's a bit of fool's gold. Tottenham right now are five points behind West Ham, but they've just appointed Antonio Conte, who's one of the four best managers in the world. So he is going to have an impact. And they won last night in the Europa Conference League. Leicester haven't started the season well. Four defeats already for Brendan's men. But West Ham have. Six wins, two draws, two defeats, 20 goals. 11 conceded is a bit of a concern, but Zuma hasn't played every game and they do look a bit better with him in the in the team. They're getting goals from everywhere. They're not overly reliant on one player. You'd like Antonio to score more and you'd like Suchek to up his level to what we saw last season, but they're still getting a lot of goals. Third most in the league, joint, joint with City for third most in the league. The 11 goals conceded is not terrible either. Only Chelsea, City, Liverpool and Wolves have conceded less. They've conceded the same amount as Brighton. The defence is what will hold them back from being on the same level as Liverpool and the rest if, you know, if they continue this form. And all things being equal, they would... Um, they would end up behind the rest just based on goals conceded more than anything else. So, Jürgen will have to be on his game. Moyes will have some extra motivation, knowing how much Liverpool fans have mocked him over the years, knowing how many heartbreaking results his Everton team were on the wrong end of. All the bitter blues will be West Ham fans this weekend, as they all rally around David Moyes. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, there's a wonderful thing going around on social media at the moment. I think it's a post on some Everton forum by some fella who was watching Doctor Who and John Bishop was in Doctor Who and... They came out of the TARDIS or what? I don't watch Doctor Who, so you'll have to bear with me. Anyway, they came out of it next to Anfield and Jodie Whittaker and, and John Bishop were talking about Anfield and whatever else. And this poor bitter blue got very, very upset. He's had himself a big old cry and claimed that we, Liverpool, have infected Doctor Who. And we've taken away Doctor Who from him. And he's very upset about it. You can find the um, 
the actual post if you search on on Twitter. Just search like Liverpool Doctor Who or Everton Doctor Who and you'll probably find it. Uh, we'll jump around the main sites quickly. Um, this is Anfield. It's a lot of um, pre-match, but also still some some coverage of the Atleti game. Uh, Liverpool handed Thiago boost. This is this Curtis Jones denies free. Oh yeah, so Curtis Jones was not called up for the England squad, so. The eye injury kept him out of that, so maybe, maybe it keeps them out of this weekend as well. Excavation is in progress on the Anfield Road End expansion, which is really, really positive. Liverpool.com have um, a piece about perhaps Jurgen going full strength in the last two Champions League games with the amount of money that is on the line. Uh, Liverpool want double transfer of Real Madrid pair as £69 million Ford could arrive in January. Uh, this is one of the more nonsensical stories I have ever read in my entire life. This is suggesting that Liverpool could sign Marco Asensio, who you, I wouldn't be against, and Eden Hazard. Imagine sitting down, writing a story saying Liverpool would sign Eden Hazard and thinking anyone was going to take you seriously. That is just appalling. Uh, Jurgen Klopp gives Liverpool transfer edge for 60 million star who overcame Neymar taunts. That's a piece about Dominic Sabalaya of RB Leipzig. Uh, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp have new midfield option as RB Salzburg transfer prediction comes true. There's a piece by Taki Minamino. Now, the thing is, Taki never played in the midfield three for Salzburg. He played as one of two number 10s in a box midfield. So, it's very hard to see him playing in a midfield three. On a regular basis. He doesn't have the physicality for it. He's a really intelligent player. But he doesn't have the physicality for it. On AnfieldIndex.com. There is a piece entitled. Stephen Gerrard and the Ballon d'Or. That is from Stephen Smith. So make sure you give that one a read. Podcast wise. The latest scouted came out yesterday. The latest Euro incision is out. With guys stepping in for Nina. To speak with Themis. And Molby on the spot. Uh, I assume Rival Recon will be out today. Uh, Harry, just a bit late with that one, but hopefully that one's out today. And then obviously over the weekend, we will have the post-match Raw. It's myself, Trev Downey and Mo Chatra on Raw this Sunday. And there will be a Gags Tandon show on the free side as well. Uh, so make sure you check those out over the weekend. And that's it for today, folks. Take care of yourselves. Have a good weekend. And here's to three more points on Sunday. Sports Social Podcast Network.